0: And
1: what's good, y'all? What's good, y'all? Welcome to another episode of the Yamatelka TIS Podcast with your host, yours truly, Jai Shields, here on the weekend of December 18th on a Friday night uh, or Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon or Saturday night or maybe even a Sunday morning, the year 2000 and... 20. Got a good show for you today. Busy, lots of stuff to talk about. Recap the Chargers and the Raiders game from Thursday night. Uh, of course, preview the three pivotal game or three important games in week, f- in week 15 in the National Football League. The picks against the spread, of course. Uh, The Big Ten, the SEC, and the ACC championship football games are on Saturday. I will preview those for you and give you uh, I will preview those games for you and give you my thoughts on them. Uh, and then of course we have the NBA season, which will tip off on I believe the twenty second, which is a Tuesday if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, two, tu- yeah Tuesday. So and I will give you my M- NBA season preview and predict where I think each teams will end up and where and why. But first off, but in the opening monologue, let's get to the events of last night and that was the Los Angeles Chargers taking care of business against the Las Vegas Raiders by the final score of 30 to 27 in overtime. And let me just tell you right now and then I and I'll get to the Raiders in a minute, but from a Los Angeles standpoint, let me tell you something. Justin Herbert is going to be one hell one hell of a football player, one hell of a quarterback. Who has the potential and if the Chargers don't screw up with and if the Chargers get a new coach, they they have a quarterback that could win them their first ever Super Bowl in franchise history uh i mean this i mean this guy twenty two for thirty two three hundred and fourteen yards rushing or excuse me passing through for two touchdowns ran for the game winning touchdown in overtime has such great poise, throws the football with hey, he's just a phenomenal he's just a phenomenal 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 quarterback knows how makes the right throws i mean he plays i mean he's like a veteran out there he's got setting all these rookie setting or breaking all these rookie passing records. I mean, this guy guy is amazing. Absolutely amazing. And, uh, And the Chargers and their fan base, the 20 of them that are left... Are in good hands with this with this player because Herbert is going to be one hell of a quarterback for the for the Chargers in in the future. Problem is that they got to get rid of they got to get rid of Anthony Lynn and they got to get to find a new field goal kicker. I mean a- Anthony Lynn again with his uh, genius clock m- mismanagement. On, I mean only Anthony Lynn would would freeze his own kicker. I mean Michael ba- Badgley Badgley whatever his name is and Anthony Lynn calls the timeout essentially icing him. All- only Anthony Lynn, and then a one of three, one of three misses two field goals in the game. I mean, if if the Chargers want to win the Super Bowl, this is what has to happen. Anthony Lynn has to be gone. They got to get themselves a consistent kicker and learn how to be immaculate on special teams. Because the only reason why this team is not going to win anything, not because of the quarterback position, but because of piss poor head coaching, and because of the fact that um. Piss poor head coaching and the fact that their special teams, especially their kicking game, is in the toilet. But if they do not win a Super Bowl with Herbert, I can tell you one thing, unless something Jurassic and crazy happens to Herbert, it won't be it won't be of his fault. Now that's that's my opinion on it. That's the Charger side of it. The Raiders side of it is the fact, look, the the, the Las Vegas Raiders have finished. They fall to seven and seven on the season they've lost four out of their last five games i mean and this is the same team down the stretch in twenty nineteen last year uh spit the bit and uh and vomited all over themselves down the stretch when they uh when they needed to uh or not needed to but when they Uh, we're going down the stretch late in the season for late season uh, playoff push. I read you them. I read you the games they lost in twenty nineteen in a minute. So they're sitting there. So they're sitting there at uh, they beat the Broncos week one. Uh, they go to one and three, one and three, two and or excuse me, one and two, two and two, three and two. They hit the bye. Okay, three and three, three and four win three in a row, so that's three and four, that's three, that's the three plus the three, that's six. So there's six and four come come uh, close to Thanksgiving and they lo- and what do they do? They get Stomped on by the Jets on the road. They get stomped on by Kansas City on the road. They come home. They lose to the Titans and then they lose to the Jaguars. Beat the Chargers and then they lose and then they lose at home. Finish the season at seven and nine. And and look at this team. New stadium, new city, same old results. What happens? They win the first two against the Panthers and against the Saints. An impressive one on Monday night, beating the Saints in their first game at their new stadium. They lose to the Patriots, fine. Lose to Buffalo, fine. They beat Kansas City, shocking the world and beat Kansas City. They improved to three and three and two on the season. They lose to, they get absolutely embarrassed by Tampa fall to three and three on the year. They win three in a row, six and three. They beat the Browns, they beat the Chargers, they beat the Broncos. So now they are six so now at this point they're six and three on the season. They play Kansas City, albeit a gritty gutty game. They made Kansas City work, but they lost that game at home. They fly the East Coast and just f- forgot how to play football. Essentially, getting absolutely embarrassed by the lame duck Falcons, forty-three to six. They beat the Jets by the hair of their chinny chin chin, thanks to uh, Greg Williams with the uh, all-out cover zero play call on that uh, on the you know with under twenty seconds left. Uh, in that game against, uh, in that game with the Jets and the Raiders, which ended up costing him his job, they barely escaped the Jets. Their defense was inept against the Colts five what five five six days ago, and then they played the Chargers on a short week at home. Don't have to travel. I get it. Firing Paul Gunther, their defensive coordinator. You know what can you expect when you have a short week like that? You're pretty much setting yourself up for failure. But still, the defense is a, is a, is a mess and is a joke. They can't wide guys catching passes wide open separation down the sideline. Their defense flat up and down stinks. And now they're at seven and seven. They play Miami, the day after Christmas. The saturday next uh, Saturday they play Miami the day after Christmas at home, and then they and then they play Denver. And they pretty much, and they pretty much, they can't control their own destiny. And at seven and seven, even if they run the table and win the last two games of the season, that's it. They're finished. They they're finished. Finished nine and seven, they missed the playoffs. They could, they the the Raiders could not have afforded to lose that game. And I think, and I said that their season was over after the Colts lost to begin with anyway. But this, but this one is the final nail in the coffin. They're done. Because the teams, because the teams, if you look, the teams that they have to leapfrog and have to hope and pray that they that they uh, that they fall on their faces down the stretch, and these teams uh, uh, next three games of the season, they all they all got, they all are sitting at eight or nine wins already. Colts, Dolphins, Ra- Colts, Dolphins, and Ravens—they have to chase and Cleveland all have 8 or 9 wins already. So even if the Raiders run the table and finish 9 and 7, they're dead. Baltimore plays Baltimore plays, Jag, plays Jacksonville this Sunday, plays uh, the Giants week after that and then they play the Bengals. Okay, Miami is at 8 and 5. Let's see who Miami plays. Miami plays the Patriots, Raiders and the Bills. They'll at least win one more game. Uh, and they at least win one out of the next three. So so Miami's out. Okay, let's go to Indianapolis. If Indianapolis were to collapse down the stretch and lose in nine three games, they the Colts would beat the would go would you know the Raiders would lose the tiebreaker because because of of course the Raiders lost, the Raiders lost to the Colts head to head. Same thing with well, opposite of Cleveland, the Raiders beat Cleveland, but Cleveland is at nine and four. And listen to who Cleveland has has for the next uh, for the last three games of the season. They got the Jets, the Giants, and then Pittsburgh. No reason why they can't win two out of three or win all three games either. So they have finished the team. The team that's going to get that seventh wild card spot is going to most likely end up having uh, eleven wins. Which is funny because my whole, and it's not just me, but other people, you know, that were opposed to the expand expanded one extra team. That what were opposed to the NFL adding an extra playoff team was the fact that you were going to get the 7 and 9, 8 and 8, 9 and 7 teams that really didn't deserve to make the playoffs in it. Well, the first year that they have, it, at least on the AFC, the team that finishes, the team that gets the seventh and final wild card spot, might fin- might finish eleven and five, ten and six. So you're looking at a situation where you're going to have one, maybe two teams finishing at ten and six or nine and seven that are going to miss the playoffs. And even if the Raiders run the table, they're going to be one of those one of those a couple of teams because the teams they already have to leapfrog have eight or nine wins already and at least every single one of them they have at least one winnable game left on their schedule so they're, they're finished the Raiders rate is finished and I'll tell you something right now the John Gruden 2.0 experiment with bringing him back 10 years 100 million that that's that's failed too that ex that experiment has failed. Okay? Let me let me read you let me read you his um uh, and matter of fact I tweeted it at uh, at the J Shield on Twitter. Listen look look at John Gruden and look at look at what he's done. He finished he finished. Uh, he he. Fa- it's failed. He finished what four and twelve. this first year, he got. He finished four and twelve. The first year he got there. Okay. He has the. He has the second half of the season collapse in two thousand and nineteen. They finished seventy nine. They're sitting right now at. They're sitting right now at uh seven and at uh seven and seven. Even five hundred on the season. And his first year he got there. They finished four and twelve. The, the the loss the Raiders are finished and the, the experiment and the experiment with John Gruden has also failed too. I mean he he's he's he he's such an overrated coach, it's unbelievable. He he's he's finished. He's done. He might as well pack it up and say, you know what? and give Mark Davis and give the Raiders the money back. Give up his little Five percent ownership in the team and come and come back to ESPN because Lord knows ESPN needs him back in the Monday Night booth. Their booth has their booth has been a mess since Gruden left. Go back to coaching. And again, the idea that Gruden is some great offensive mastermind and great offensive guru is also a little bit overrated. Okay, the the year that Rich Gannon, the quarterback of the Raiders, went to the Super Bowl and won NFL MVP, Gruden was the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And their and their offense wasn't exactly uh, and offense wasn't exactly uh, high flying to be at all either with Brad with Brad Johnson. At quarterback, they got to that Super Bowl. They got to that Super Bowl simply because of the fact that it was Tony Dungy's team with Tony Dungy's defensive players and a great defense. And the only reason why they won that Super Bowl is because unlike Tony Dungy, John Gruden isn't afraid to get up in your face, cuss at you, cuss at you, get, get in your face, and, and, and read you the riot act. Tony Dungy is more of a pat on the back, nothing against him. I like Tony Dungy. But that team, but that Buccaneer team needed someone that was going to put their foot up somebody's hot spots in order for them to get over the top. And Dungy... And 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 Dungy wasn't the guy for the Raiders to win the Super Bowl. Gruden was. So essentially, the only reason why Gruden has that championship, which he won 18 years ago, by the way, when yours truly wasn't diapers for crying out loud. The only reason why the only credit he deserves for that is the fact that he's such an intimidating, in-your-face, rough, tough, bad enough, quote unquote, you know, chucky, quote unquote, bad guy villain is 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 how they got to the Super Bowl. Because he's the, because he's that because he's because he's Mr. Billy Badass that isn't afraid to get in your face, cuss out the players, and and learn and knows how to drive the points of winning football games on. That's well. That's how. So it was more. It was more of Gruden's personality than it was John Gruden's football expertise in his coaching. Because they got to a Super Bowl because he had a great defense. And again, the year Rich Gannon went to the Super Bowl with ended which is who the Buccaneers ended up uh losing to or beating, I, I apologize. John Gruden was gone. But the the experiment has failed. The Raiders f- the experiment with Gruden coming back has failed. He needs to pack it up, say, you know what? I'm done coaching for good. Go back to the ESPN broadcast booth. The experiment has failed. The Raiders have finished for 2020. And Herbert's gonna be uh, is gonna be one hell of a quarterback that has the absolute potential to win the Chargers a Super Bowl. The issue is if they want to win one and want to win one uh, sooner rather than later, they, they, two things need to happen. They gotta get Anthony Lynn out of there, and they need to and they need to get themselves a new kicker. Just getting started here on this weekend before a uh, week out before Christmas. Take a break, come right back, talk uh some college football for a change. This is the M Telicoterius Podcast. Don't go anywhere. Back after this. Welcome back to the Um, Amatelica T.I.S. podcast. Switching gears now to a subject that I haven't broken down as far as games are concerned uh, since uh, back in January with the national championship game. And that is a little bit of college football. The conference championships are here uh, and we get closer and closer to the final four. I'll see if I can get myself into it. I have not, like I've told you guys, I have not been into the college football season uh, at all this year, did not watch the Army Navy game. Saw about maybe ten minutes of the Georgia Florida game back in uh, November, the Sunday. Or excuse me, the Saturday where uh, the uh, where the election was uh, finalized. So I have not seen a whole heck like, of a lot of college football. Just to get off the bat, just I'm not being phony about it. I'm being upfront, and honest with y'all. I don't know what I'm expect. I know that Justin Fields, who has uh, thrown for over uh, f- a thousand yards this season, and he's he, you know th- thrown three interceptions and fifteen touchdown passes. on so i have been aware of him, been aware of. Uh, of uh Lawrence and uh and Kyle Trask and uh, so I've had a basic idea but I have not sat down and dedicated my Saturdays to watching college football like I have of course the NFL also saw the uh about a minute le- uh, the uh, the final minute fourth quarter in all of overtime of uh Notre Dame and Clemson that same day I happened to watch uh Florida and Georgia so uh, when was that day? Well, that was November the eighth, it might be November the seventh. Honestly, is when is uh the has been the day that I've seen the most uh, college football. Uh, this football season, all of me to get into because the state, because the, you know the uh the conferences making up their own rules, games getting canceled left and right, uh you know the. Uh, conferences starting late and it's just been a mess but I'll try to get into it uh on tomorrow the three games I'm uh, interested in the Big 10 championship the uh the ACC championship and the SEC championship and then of course uh I actually might watch those comp- over uh Packers and over Packers and Panthers and the uh, Bills and Broncos we'll see where the day takes me but I'll start off uh, being into the northwestern and Ohio State game and then uh and then come uh f- and then uh let when does the other game start and then Clemson Notre Dame I will watch over Broncos and Bills. Uh and then have to, and then I might, you know, flip back and forth depending on what's happening with those two games. And then I'm gonna watch Florida and Alabama and uh and flip back and forth between that. And uh, the Packers and the Panthers. This actually might be the one and only day where uh, where the NFL gets uh, gets dominated over college football simply because college football you got the conference championship games. You got you know because uh, uh, the game that goes up against the first game is uh, is a rematch of a game that we've seen that we saw. Uh, back in November, and these two teams, you know, there's uh there's a spot in the Final Four that's on the line with with uh, with it, with uh, Clemson and Notre Dame, then and then of course uh, the games on CBS eight o'clock this in you know, eight o'clock this year instead of it being uh instead of it being at around three thirty four o'clock in the afternoon they used to. In regular times, they would have these. They would have the conference championship games typically in years past. The Sunday, or excuse me, the Saturday, the first Saturday of uh, de- of December, and then you have that long layover, uh, you know, until uh, until the college football playoff in late December around New Year's, and then and then the uh, and then the Monday after uh, after the divisional you know, round of the, uh, of the football, they would have to, the, the, uh, national championship game this year with this cockamamie season. It's, uh, it's a little different, you know, you, you would've had the big, t- you know, you would've had these uh, games played about two weeks ago instead of being played this weekend. You would've had army Navy, uh, you would've had army Navy, uh, play, uh, the, uh, what weekend was the second weekend of the month? You would have had Army Navy play um, on the uh, well. Actually, Army Navy was actually right on schedule. So instead of typically the Army Navy game is a standalone football game and is the only football game on schedule. And it's after the and it's after the uh, the conference the uh, conference championship games. It's like the quote unquote last regular season football game of the year. But instead you have the conference championship games with the regular season games mixed in on the same weekend when typically it's the conference championship games being played on that one weekend as standalone. All the the conferences and Division 1A college football are played on that first Saturday of the month. It's not going to be the case. But you have it, and away you go. Northwestern, number fourteen ranked Northwestern, who's six and one on the season, going up against five and zero Ohio State. Ohio State, of course, uh, like Northwestern, has had some games wiped out due to COVID. Uh, and you got a uh, and you got these two. T- this is Big Ten. I think this game will be played. I think it's going to be played at Lucas Oil, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, we played at Lucas Oil Stadium for Big Ten Championship, Ohio State. Uh, needs to win this game. There's no reason why they shouldn't win this game, but if they want any chance of making it into the college football playoff, they need that game on Sunday. Clemson and Notre Dame, uh, number three Clemson going up against number two Notre Dame. Clemson, 9-1 and one on the season. Of course, their only loss came to Notre Dame back in November, who's undefeated at 10-0. and 0. Uh, Clemson, unless Clemson gets uh, blown out Gets blown out by Notre Dame, Clemson's gonna make the college football playoffs. So if they if as long as they play competitive, win or lose, they're going to be in. With the the only your biggest fear if you're Clemson and it's and it rarely ever happens in college football getting beat by the same team, you know, twice in a season. But if you're Clemson, you, you just. Be be in the game. Win do win lose tie whatever you you got to be in the game. You, the Clemson can't afford if Clemson gets blown out of uh, gets blown out of fifty two to fifty two to three. You know no injuries. They just play like crap for sixty minutes, and 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 nine and and they're going to be at nine and two with two losses. They their chances of you their chances of uh, making the final 4 are, are in jeopardy if not extinguished altogether so all i got to do just be competitive in the game they should be all right uh, Notre Dame trying to make it in. Also, it means something for Notre Dame, you know, for the one year that they had to uh, choose a conference to play in, because typically Notre Dame is an independent; they don't belong to a particular conference as far as uh, football is concerned. They picked the ACC this year, and when it means something for Notre Dame, you know, they picked the they, they picked to uh, join the ACC, and then they went and then they win it in their uh, in their one year of uh, of conference eligibility. This game will ACC championship game. This game will be played at Bank of America, uh, where the Panthers play. Uh, on according to ESPN's Power Football Index, they give Clemson a seventy percent chance to win this game. I will be on top of it at four o'clock. Game will be on ABC, which is a, which is another reason why the NFL will get stomped with ratings. Which is kind of, which is kind of ironic because the three. 'Cause the three key uh conference championship games are all on um are on um uh, Fox or not Fox, but NFL affiliated uh networks uh ABC. A B C you know is flirting with uh is flirting with the NFL a little bit and I'll get to that in future shows as far as the ABC trying to get into the Super Bowl rotation. But this game is going to be on ABC the uh, The Big Ten games are going to be on Fox, and the SEC game's going to be on CBS, and where are the football games on the NFL network, which uh, which uh, you know isn't, there's a reason why they they've put the Thursday Night games on CBS, Fox, and NBC because it's easier to find and get a bigger rating than having a game on the NFL network. but these this is going to be a, a good football game you would hope highly competitive, you would hope. I am. I'm come four o'clock uh, tomorrow afternoon. I will be totally into it. And uh hey, may the best team win. You got uh you got Trevor Lawrence trying to cement himself as uh as uh number one pick in the NFL draft while also trying uh, to get Clemson back to the national championship game which they lost my man Joe Burrow Back in January in the LSU Tigers, Notre Dame trying to win a national championship as well. You heard rumblings with the coach, uh, Kelly, saying how how if Notre Dame makes it to the uh, Final Four, how they're going to threaten not to go if they make them go to the Rose Bowl uh, because California and their strict COVID rules, they won't allow... Uh, fans in the stands, and Notre Notre Dame coach is like, if my player's family isn't invited to the game, we're not going, so the controversy with that uh, remains to be uh, determined, but that's where you stand as far as uh, Clemson and Notre Dame are concerned. Uh, The last game of note tomorrow is the 2020 SEC Chan- football championship game between number one undefeated ten and zero Alabama Crimson Died going up against Kyle Trask who is uh, who is uh, one of the Heisman Trophy frontrunners and number seven Florida 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 I mean Flor even if Florida wins this game Alabama win or lose they're going to the national they're going they're making it for the most part to the uh, college, to the uh, CFP. Uh, Final Four, simply because of the fact that Florida eight and two. I mean, they when you get beat, and I and I beat, but when you lose to and beat yourself, but when you lose to unranked LSU that had injuries all over the place with that idiot throwing the shoe with the fifteen yard like penalty, you you're done. You're dead. You are not going anywhere. It would take a chicken wing and a prayer, as my dad likes to say in order for them to get into the somehow make it into the uh, CFP final 4 so win or lose uh Florida's dead you know you cannot make it you cannot make it into the, into the college football playoff when you lose to an unranked team in your own building case closed no argument can't defend it you you, you just you just can't you just absolutely cannot but that's going to be a game I will be into at 8 o'clock uh, tomorrow night on CBS. Hopefully, it will, it will be worth my time. In case you uh, need a rundown, the uh, Final Four teams, Alabama number one, Notre Dame number two. Both of those teams at 10-0. and 0. Clemson number three nine and 9-1. and Ohio State at 5-0. We all know, quote-unquote, Ohio State's the best team. That's for the COVID scenario. It's... It's 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 been crazy. It's just it's been a mess. And then you have, uh, then you have Texas A and M at seven uh, one, Cincinnati at eight and zero, and Coastal Carolina eleven and zero. The argument that that then this is why this is why uh they should have expanded the c f p like in baseball expanded just for the one year and see how it goes because seems like coastal Carolina eleven and oh and Cincinnati eight and oh deserve to play for a chance to go to the national championship game. But because, you know, you got to placate to the Power Five conferences, and you know, playing the SEC or the Big Ten or the ACC, you got, you know, you're going to get overlooked. And, and thus Cincinnati and Coastal Carolina, though undefeated or on the outside looking in. While uh, Clemson, he, with a it sh- it shouldn't come down. It can't be. I understand that you want your regular seasons to have meaning to them. But when the but when the top four teams every single year are the same cast of characters, you you got you got to switch it up a little bit and 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 include and include some other teams and get yourself a, and get some form of parity. And uh, Viary in the mix. I mean, it's the same four teams with the same dopey Power Five conferences. It it's kind of boring and it gets kind of uh, tedious. To be quite honest with you, we well, expand it to eight. So, so the so the Cincinnati's and the Coastal Carolinas of the world can have a chance to play. They, you know, you open it up to eight. You have the ten, You have the conference champion. You have the conference champion of the Power Five conferences. That's five. You have a. You you can uh, and you pick. You know and you have a wild card of one of the Power Five conferences that you think deserve to get in at six. And then the two. And then and then the and then the other two you can pick. You know the Coastal Carolinas and the Cincinnati's of the world that finish the season un, that you know that finish their season undefeated. So you got, so you got, so you got the two little underdogs in the mix, the wild card, which in this situation it would be, uh, it would be um, Florida, Texas A and M, take your pick, and then of course you have the winners of the Power Five of the uh, of the Power Five conferences with, uh, if if you think they should qualify, and the winners of the Big Twelve, the Big Ten, the SEC, the ACC. And, and things in and Pac twelve and things of that nature. So they they need to fix it. Is all is all I gotta say. They need to fix it because because it could end up. You know, people all they people all people do is moan and groan and complain about how no one watches the NBA because it's the same uh, group of teams that are always in the mix for the championship. If the NCAA isn't careful, their Final fork can end up being the exact same way to the point where it's like, well, why, why bother watching me? Call me when they have the conference championship games and I'll get into it down the stretch during the holiday season. But I don't know. That's just me. Take a break. Got some NBA to talk about coming up right after this. Welcome back to the Amatelic TIS podcast. Switching gears now to the National Basketball Association because their season tips off, uh, tips off the twenty second, which is a uh, which is a Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and since I'm a beat and since I record my shows on a Wednesday, as you all know. I have decided to take this time to preview and talk about and give you my uh, predictions for the twenty 2020, twenty 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 one NBA season. Uh, looking into heading into this season, it will be interesting to see how the team, how the teams that uh, that that. Played well into September and October. Of course, the Lakers and in, in the Heat are number one. And then, of course, you got to look at the teams that they played. You know, in the Conference Finals, uh, the Heat. I, uh, I, uh, and with uh, with the Heat and with the Lakers. Lakers, of course, they knocked out. Um, the Lakers knocked out. Um, uh, they knocked out. Um, crap, it's missing my mind. I'm having a brain for it. Uh, they knocked out Houston if I'm not mistaken. I'm just, I've, my mind has just been so off of the NBA for such a long time. You gotta, yeah, you gotta train your, uh, train your mind to get back into it. Uh, yes. No, it was Denver. I apologize. Denver, Denver. So, Los Angeles, so the Lakers in the heat for one because you know they finished the se- they finished the season what uh, three months ago? What twelve tw- two and a half months ago. So you gotta so you wonder if the players are gonna be in proper physical condition, you know, with it being like the shortest off season of their careers, you know, concluding a season in October, taking a, a month and a half, two month break and then turning right back around to starting up another season. I mean and if these and I'm pretty sure if these guys wanted it their way they'd much rather start the season in you know in mid-late January and, uh, and take it up from there but the problem is is that uh that the NBA wants the TV wants the TV money and needs the revenue and all that sort of stuff but it'll be interesting to see how the how the Lakers players, how the Heat players, how the Rockets and the Nuggets players cuz those were other than the Lakers and the uh or excuse me other than uh, the lakers and the heat the uh, uh the nuggets and um the nuggets and the Celtics were also the other remaining teams left standing heading into uh, or excuse me well into late september and you know you're going to be you're going to wonder if the stars are going to be into it uh for one which it looks like you know that they will be the issue is will they have enough energy and will they hit the ground you know right where they left off back in back in the fall you know to begin the season and it wouldn't surprise me if the lakers it wouldn't surprise me on any, under any circumstances if the lakers and the heat especially get off to slow starts and if anyone and if anyone's excused from having a slow start it would it would be it would be those teams because of the it would be those teams because of the fact that uh, because of the fact that they've pl- that they played so deep into the season into uh, into late October and we're sitting here in December two two months and a couple of weeks later so you got you have to wonder if they'll if they're going to be into it and if they uh and if they're going to hit the ground running and and not skip a beat and not uh and essentially just play perfect championship basketball. Uh, from the from the uh from the word go, and it wouldn't shock me if they get out to a slow start. You know, the Lakers uh, have a lot of games on on uh, national television, so you gotta worry about you know sitting out and all that sort of stuff. You don't have to worry about you know with the fans because there's not going to be fans in any of these arenas all over the NBA. But it's gonna be interesting. I can I can't wait till it starts because it gives me some you know no third you know the Charger Raider game was the last Thursday night football game of the year, uh so you so me I know it was gonna outside of uh, outside of Sunday with football I'm gonna need something some sports to watch, uh from uh from well the Monday you got Monday night but. Not not uh not next week of course but the week after you know but you're gonna need you know I'm gonna need some basketball I can't get into the college I get into the college if we even finish a college season I'll get into that uh once uh, once the uh the uh, the uh, the uh, the NFL playoffs come uh, winding down around close to the Super Bowl you know in that two week you know no Pro Bowl and so I'll get into that when the time is appropriate. But um, I'm NBA. is gonna fill the sports void of me for essentially two months of essentially not outside of football not having anything to watch on TV sports wise during uh during the week. So I and of course uh, you know I get a kick out of and enjoy uh, inside the NBA with Ernie Shack and the fellas. So and it's, it's it's gonna be great having the NBA back and having. Uh, Two sports on the board with NBA, the NFL, and college football and college basketball if you are into that. Um, but right now, you know what time it is. Do something a little different this year. Instead of me boring you to tears with the standings, I will pick who I think will appear in the conference championship games, who will appear in the NBA finals, and who I think will win the whole thing. But first... Do something a little bit different. Over under time, NBA 2020 and 2021 season. Let's go. Starting with the Milwaukee Bucks, over unders at 49.5, they extended Giannis five years. Over $220-plus plus million bucks at 49 and a half. Give me the over for the Milwaukee Bucks. Team number two, the Los Angeles Lakers champions, LeBron James and Anthony Davis, look like they're going to be staying put for the next couple of years. They're over-unders at 48. Give me the over on that. Lakers and the Bucks to begin things with the over-unders. Bucks over, Lakers over. Clippers at 48. Um, Doc Rivers is out of there. He's now coaching Philadelphia. They got Tyron Lue there. Um, Paul George. They got a, after that epic collapse, 3-1, uh, collapse that they had back in the playoffs. It's put up a shut-up time for the Clippers. 48, uh, 48 is their over-under number. I'm gonna go under, under for the LA Clippers. Boston Celtics over-under is at 45 and a half they could not handle and they could not uh, handle their business against the um, against the heat in the in the eastern conference finals their number is at 45 and a half i will go uh, i say they went about 45 that season and that's where we stand with the Celtics the nets they have championship aspirations with Kyrie Irving and his foolishness and i'll get to him uh, next week's episode. Stay tuned for that. I got. I have not ignored it. Kyrie Irving is a complete uh, not a douche bag, and I got plenty to say about him. Uh, come next week, but they got championship aspirations. Kyrie, uh, Kyrie, and and um, Kevin Durant, Steve Nash's first year there. Over under at forty five. I will go with the under on that they got two dynamic personalities Kyrie Irving's a mess they'll be good but there will be some growing pains early there will be some growing pains early Denver Nuggets at 43 and a half Denver of course made it to the Western Conference Finals and lost to the Lakers that's going to be a good team with Jamal Murray and Jokic Denver Nuggets 43 and a half Give me the over with the Denver Nuggets. Miami Heat's over unders at 43. They got Tyler Hero, Jimmy Butler. Miami, they should they should be in decent shape in 2000 and uh, in 2020 2021. Their over number is at 43. Give me the under for the Miami Heat. Philadelphia 76ers. They gotta get themselves together. They got a new coach, Darren Mori running the program. It's uh, it's put up a shut-up time for Maury and that franchise as well. 43 is their over and under get over under number. Give me the under for the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. Dallas Mavericks, their over-under number is that 42 and a half. They got a transcendent stars with um with Luka Doncic. I mean who can forget the buzz beater he made uh against the uh, against the Clippers back in August during the playoffs. Uh, Dallas is over under numbers at 42 and a half. Give me the over for the Dallas Mavericks. The Utah Jazz uh, over under is at 42 with Donovan Mitchell company. Give me the over for the Utah Jazz. The Toronto Raptors over under is at 42. I think it's gonna be a pretty good team playing in Tampa. New change of scenery. I think they got a little something to prove. Give me the over. Toronto, I think, is going to be good this year. Give me the over with 42 wins. Portland Trail over/unders at 40 and a half. Portland, they got a gutty team C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard. They're going to they're be uh, they're going to be a competitive team, but I don't think they're going to. You know, keep in mind they made the playoffs as a sub 500 team. So I think uh, I think that has a little something to do with where my pick is going to go. I will give me the under for the Portland Trail Blazers at 40 and a half. Golden State at 39. No Clay Thompson, which help, which uh, hurts them. Uh, of course, Kevin Durant's no longer there. They got to. Uh, they can't win without Steph Curry on the court. So. I think at 39 I think I will go the under with that with Golden State. They'll be good, they'll be competitive, but they will not be as dominant as they have been in seasons past. Indiana Pacers at 38 and a half. Give me the uh, change coaches over there in Indiana and Indianapolis. 38 and a half. Give me the under with the Indiana Pacers at 38 and a half, Phoenix Suns at 38. Give me the over for the Phoenix Suns. Atlanta Hawks, 35 and a half with Trey Young and company. Give me the over for the Atlanta Hawks. Should be better. Trey Young getting uh, accustomed to the NBA Life, I think they'll make some uh, decent improvements in 2021. Give me the over for the Atlanta Hawks. Houston Rock is at 34 and a half. That's if James Harden wants to uh, quit farting around and quit screwing around at strip clubs and quit going ham on the uh, on the uh, bar on the uh, Buffalo wing uh, buff on the uh, barbecue wing buffet at these dopey, nasty strip clubs and wants to uh, play basketball. This all depends whether he leaves or not. I'm assuming that he gets traded before the season starts. And 34 and 34.5, I will go under for the Houston Rockets with that. And they also got uh, John Wall uh, playing with them as well. Pelicans should be better. Got a new coach in there. Zion, you know, second year in the NBA. Hopefully, you know, they uh, don't baby him so much and just let him go. 34 wins over under for the Pelicans. I say over for the Pelicans. Wizards at 33 and a half. They got Russell Westbrook there. It's competitors gonna fight. is gonna play for all the 72 games. I say over for the Washington Wizards at 33 and a half. Memphis Grizzlies at 32. Give me the under for the Grizzlies. Magic 31 and a half. Give me the over. Spurs at 31. Give me the under. Timberwolves at 30. Give me the under. Bulls. Give me the over. Kings. Give me the over. Hornets with ball. Uh, This is going to be one interesting (laughs) basketball season with Charlotte Hornets with Lomento Ball sitting there. Uh, What the hell? Go over with the Charlotte Hornets. Pistons at 24. Give me the over with them. Cavs at 22. Give me the over with them. The Knicks at 21. Give me the under with the Knicks because it's the Knicks. And the Thunder at 21. Give me the under with the 21. And those are your over-under numbers as far as the NBA is concerned. And then we get to my picks for the two of my conference final and the NBA finals picks of who I think is going to win it all. And I will say in the Eastern Conference Finals, give me the Miami Heat going up against the uh, Brooklyn Nets. I think the Nets will win. That series in seven games. And then you can. And then in the Western Conference. You give me uh, LeBron going up against. uh, LeBron and the Lakers going up against. I say this is the year. This is the year where they uh, go up against the Clippers. Lakers and Clippers. Lakers in 5 in the in the west, in the east, Heat and Nets. Nets win in 7 NBA Finals Nets and Lakers. I say Lakers repeat in 7 games. There you go. Your 2020 2021 NBA season predictions. Take a break, come right back. Preview week 15 of National Football League. Don't go anywhere. This is the Amtel Katia's podcast. Back after this. Do you hear what I hear?
0: Set the night wind to the little land. Do you see what I see? Do you see what I see? Way up in the sky, little land. Do you see what I see? See what I see A star, a star Dancing in the night With a tail as big as a kite With a tail as big as a kite Said the little lamb to the shepherd boy Thank you.
1: Welcome back to the Amatelica TIA's podcast. Switching gears back to where we started to close out the program, and that is the items as far as Week 15 in National Football League are concerned. Um, let's preview the three games, really. Uh, that if uh, you aren't, if you don't have a favorite NFL team, or you don't bother to watch your favorite NFL team, that you'd want to pay attention to, or if you're a Steelers, or if you're a Steelers Bengals. Raiders or Chargers or Packers Panthers Broncos and Bills fan where your team, uh, doesn't play on Sunday, uh, and you want to pick three games instead of watching them all at once or watching the red zone, you want to pick three games to uh, pay attention to in week fifteen. We'll hear the three hear the three games for you. Seahawks at Redskins slash the Washington football team at 1 o'clock. Chiefs and Saints at 4.15, or excuse me, 4.25. And then the Sunday night game between the Browns and the Giants. Uh, f- First off, let's start with Seattle versus Washington. Seattle at 9-4 coming off of their... Uh, coming off of their... When were, you know, what was expected? I mean, they played the hapless Jets, for crying out loud. They barely had to lift a finger to uh, to take care of the hapless Jets at home on Sunday. They fly, they fly to the East Coast. Their first trip to the East Coast since, and let me make sure I get this right for you all. Their first trip to the East Coast, I believe, since they lost to Buffalo back in, uh, back uh, back on November the eighth, if I'm not mistaken, it's been there. And, yeah, no, no, I apologize. It's been their uh their second trip to the East Coast because they flew to the East Coast um, when they played the Eagles on that Monday night game. But this is the first time that they have had to do it since the Buffalo game, because that game was on a Sunday, a lot easier playing 5 o'clock p.m. body clock time than it is at 10 a.m. body clock time. Seahawks are one of the best teams in football when it comes to flying west and and flying from the west coast to the east coast and playing at that 10 a.m. body clock 1 o'clock east coast window. I mean, their first game of the season they had to fly to the east coast when they played Atlanta and they took care of business. So, nothing, nothing would convince me otherwise why they couldn't take care of business against Washington. Uh they get a huge help sitting at nine and four and they need to win this game to be ten and four. Uh, especially because their division rival Rams go up against the hapless Jets that they beat up on last week, so the so you pretty much assume that the Rams are ten and are ten and four, and the Seahawks come and then the Seahawks next Sunday have a pivotal pivotal game that's going to decide essentially who wins the uh, NFC West and possibly is in play to getting a uh, number two seed even uh if not the 3 in the in the NFC playoff picture when these two teams go up against each other in Seattle uh next Sunday the Sunday uh, before uh, the le- the uh, last Sunday of the new ye- of uh 2020 when these te- so you have to pretty much assume the Rams are going to be ten and four and the Seahawks can not afford to lose this game and they sure as hell cannot afford to lose to the Rams. They lose to the Rams. That's it, division's over. They gotta win three road games in order for them to get to the Super Bowl, which will not be an easy pickings under any circumstances. And the Seahawks I and the Seahawks now that I th- and the Seahawks have not hosted a playoff game since the since Wild Card ran in 2016 when they, uh, when they uh, knocked off Detroit in the playoffs in 2016. They have not hosted a playoff game since. They did not make the playoffs in 2017. They went on the road and lost to Dallas in 2018. And then 2019, they beat the Eagles on the road and lost on the road to the Green Bay Packers. So... So the and Seattle, granted, no fans would love to get a uh, home playoff game. Which, if they get one this year by winning the division, to be their first one in uh, in four years, which is hard to believe, considering that this team has just been on such an impeccable run with Russell Wilson and Pete Carr the last eight years. Uh, but the, they need this game, and it's a little, And if you're a Seahawk fan, I allow my younger brother Ian, You are going to sleep well this weekend and are going to feel better about your football team heading into Sunday knowing that you are going up against Dwayne Haskins instead of uh, Alex Smith. On Sunday, Alex Smith out with the injured calf, and you're going up, going up against the hapless Dwayne Askins. Now, now if you are my uh, football, my uh, high school football coach, and Brendan Irretson, who he had on uh, last week, you'd be, you'd, I mean, this guy is, is texting me in this afternoon about how well, watch the red, watch how watch it, uh, watch if watch it, watch ugh, English, watch Washington win this week. Uh, is gonna and Haskins played well this weekend. This is his opportunity. He's like this always happens to Alex Smith. Think about it, Colin Kaepernick Super Bowl year. What he does not realize is that and then he said Colin Kaepernick and then he had Patrick Mahomes. History tends to repeat itself. And I'm like, Coach, 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 Coach. Dwayne Haskins never has been, never will be Patrick Mahomes so the fact that he would even type that and send that to me is just utter just blasphemy in and of itself and at that point in time period in Kaepernick's career Dwayne Haskins is no Colin Kaepernick circa 2012 2013 where he made it where the 49ers made it the back-to-back NFC championship games and got to the Super Bowl in 2012 and I and I told him this Unlike what, we didn't know what we were getting with Mahomes. No one knew who Mahomes was when he was sitting behind Alex Smith. Same thing with Kaepernick. No one knew who Colin Kaepernick was when he was sitting behind Alex Smith. We know what we're getting with Dwayne Askins. So it's it's not even a compare it's not even a conversation. You can't even compare it. It's apples and oranges. We didn't know no one no, no one knew what they were getting with Mahomes and Kaepernick sitting behind Alex Smith. Okay. Dwayne Haskins got demoted to the point where he has to be behind Alex Smith. And we know what we're getting with Dwayne Haskins. He stinks. So if you're a Seahawks fan, you're going to feel pretty good on Sunday. Again, you have to go up against that de- that vaunted defense and one of the best pass rushers in all of football and top five defense and Chase Young the whole nine yards, which I'm pretty sure is going to make Russell Wilson and that Seahawks offense life a living hell. You know, top five defense in the National Football League, and I'm pretty sure Chase Young is going to make his presence known uh, early in the game and uh, there on out, but... Uh, but the Seahawks are going to have their hands full offensively. Defensively, it shouldn't be that much of an issue. Going up against the uh, Haskins and uh, and that offense, which was very spotty. They, I mean, they didn't score. They didn't score a touchdown against. They didn't score a touchdown against San Francisco last week offensively. The two touchdowns they had in that game were via the defense turnovers. Chase Young had a scoop and score. He had a pick six. So if Russ Wilson doesn't turn over the football, takes care of the football, doesn't, and the offensive line doesn't allow Chase Young that pass rush to go to go bananas, and pretty much keeps the the uh, Washington defense in check, no reason why the Seahawks can't win this game by a good seven to ten points, no reason. And off, and Seattle defense should be should be in decent shape to have an easy day, and uh, as they've looked like it, they've kind of like. Uh, that they've gotten better as the season's gone on. Ever since that uh, Cardinal game, they've the, the Thursday night before Thanksgiving. Looks like that they've kind of uh, gotten themselves organized from a defensive standpoint. But if the Seahawks, they got to score early and they got to score often. They got to make Washington play from behind. Play this game from behind. Because what you don't need is to have your offense stuck in a rut. A couple of three and outs, three and outs, three and outs. And, you know, and the halftime score is, you know, 10 nothing Washington. You, you you do not, for all Washington has to do is just melt the clock, keep uh, Russell Wilson on the sidelines. And when it's time for Russell Wilson to get the ball, they let their defense go out there and hunt. You don't need that. Seattle so has to get to a lead and has to get and get a lead early and often and hold on to it and make Washington play from behind. That's the key to success for the Seattle Seahawks, and not let don't turn over the football, and don't let Chase Young go nuts. That's game number one on the slate this weekend. Game number two is the game of the weekend between the New Orleans Saints and the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. This, of course, was my uh, prediction heading into conference championship weekend back in two thousand and eighteen. For Super Bowl 53 with the Saints and the Chiefs. But because of uh, Ref Ball and and Brady working his black magic uh, and Jared Goff, I did not get the Super Bowl. I predicted the Chiefs go to the Super Bowl this year. And it would not shock me if Kansas City makes it back to back. And it would not shock me if these two teams are going up against each other come February 7th at Raymond James. Saints at 10-3. and Saints or Saints at ten and three. Chiefs are at twelve and one. Chiefs have not lost a game since October the eleventh when they lost at home to the Raiders. Uh, they are flying high right now. Uh, had a nice little comeback. Sloppy, but they played a de- they played a decent for their standards. Decent football game. Very sloppy. Grant you. Uh, and so they didn't. They were not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but they got the job done against Miami last week. They go. They go play the Saints. This is the Chiefs' hardest game left on their schedule. Same vice versa for the Saints. Uh, Saints to get Drew Brees back, like I told y'all, like I told y'all on Wednesday, if you thought for a second that the Saints having ran, for, having their defense ran on for over 200 yards by Jalen Hurts and their running back and letting Jalen Hurts on his first ever career NFL start essentially embarrass them on the road with the uh, number one seed in, in the NFC hanging in the balance. And risking losing two straight, which they cannot afford at this point in the season, and not start Drew Brees. Going up against Mahomes and the Chiefs Super Bowl champions 425 on CBS in front of the entire country. You were crazy to think that Drew Brees wasn't going to start. I knew I sat up there watching a the game live with told my brother and sister sitting next to me. I said, they I said, guys, Saints lose this game. Drew Brees is playing against the Chiefs. Don't don't give me no medical. Don't give me no injury report. Don't give me no no medical sheet nah, No, give me no no sideline beat reporting. I'm not interested. What the reports say and what the rep- and what the reporters say and what the injury report says. Drew Brees is Drew Brees is playing, and lo and behold, broke news today. Yep, Drew Brees is going to start for the Saints this weekend. Sh- shocking, I know. I mean, my goodness. I mean, all you got to do is just have a sense and pay attention. Just be aware of the situation at hand with this game. And 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 you could have seen from a mile away that Drew Brees was going to start this game. Kansas City, Kansas City needs this game to essentially uh, capitalize on Pittsburgh hitting the wall, losing their last two straight. Kansas City needs this game just so they can cement themselves to get the number one seed in the AFC. While the Saints need this game. Realistically, more than Kansas City does, because Kansas City, because the Saints, if it comes down to a tiebreaker for the number one seed with the Packers, they lose it because they lost to the Packers earlier in the season, and the they and the Packers are both at ten and three. So, and the Packers, and unless the Packers lose to Carolina tomorrow or get ambushed by the Titans the uh, the weekend the weekend after the the Saints the Saints need this game that that's why the Eagle game granted they granted they had they were flying high on an eight game win streak but that was just such a bad loss losing to the Eagles last week but they need this game if they want any chance of locking up the number one seed and keeping themselves out of a tiebreaker scenario with Green Bay and also keeping uh keeping the Rams and the Seahawks two teams competing for the AFC West who still have a chance by a slim margin to get the uh, number one seed in the NFC to keep those two teams away. So it's going to be an intriguing, exciting football game. Hopefully the Saints' defenses bounce back. doesn't allow Patrick Mahomes to throw for 400 yards on him. It doesn't allow Clyde edwards Lair to run the football on, on him uh, all game long. Uh, and with the Chiefs, uh, make Drew Brees uncomfortable early. Get to uh, send some uh, get pass rush. You know, get make Drew Brees sweat a little bit. Make uh, get some hits on this to make him sit back and think how uh, how good his ham his hamstrings, how good his ribs and his punctured lung really feel. So if I'm the Chiefs, I say send pressure early and often and and, and test out Drew Brees' rib cage to make sure that it's completely hundred percent. And if you knock him off his game, or if you knock him out of the game, you should have a pretty good chance of winning it. So from a Kansas City standpoint, you gotta get the Drew Brees and you gotta throw that and you gotta make sure that, that uh Drew Brees, that, that, that Saints offense is as off kiltered and out of rhythm as much and as early as you possibly can from the Saints. Don't allow Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs to go crazy And when they make mistakes Like they did in the Miami game Like they did against Denver You got to capitalize on them And when you have them down for the count You got to finish them You got to put the stake through them Don't let them continue to hang around You got to put the stake through them If you want to beat Kansas City But it should be a very, very, very Very intriguing football game Last game And then I'll get to my week 14 or excuse, wait week 15. I apologize. Week 15 picks, and that is the Cleveland Browns going up against the New York football giants. Um no Daniel Jones for the Giants this week. No Daniel Jones for the Giants this week. Cleveland dusting themselves off after that uh after that impressive but yet yeah, heartbreaking loss to the Ravens at home on Monday night. Back to back who would have thought that Cleveland would be playing back to back prime time games this late in the season in mid December. I mean who would have thought? Only twenty twenty. But they're nine and four. They need the Browns should win this game quite easily. You know the Giants' offense has been uh, has been uh, did not show up last week against the against the Arizona Cardinals. The uh, Browns' defense should put on a strong and impressive performance on Sunday night. Baker Mayfield should have another breakout game. If he does, it be his third third game in a row where he essentially just lights his opponents on fire. Cleveland needs this game to cement to. Uh, to uh, essentially cement themselves as an AFC wildcard team, and to make Pittsburgh nervous a little bit as far as uh, winning the division is concerned, and make that Week 17 game in Cleveland mean a little something. But uh, it should it should be. Eh, yeah, a, d- a decent game, decent game. Keep you intrigued, keep you entertained. Cleveland's on Sunday night football. there's late in the season for a change. The Giants, of course, with them being a big market, New York, always gonna draw. Always is going to draw uh, a rating. Uh, and especially and if the and if Washington loses and falls to six and eight on the season, this game, of course, for the Giants also could mean the division for them because they own a tiebreaker over Washington when it comes down to the 2020 NFC East Division Championship. That is where you stand as far as week number 15 is concerned in the NFL. You know what time it is. End of the program on a uh, on a weekend in the National Football League. It's time for your week 15 picks in the league where they play for pay. Game number one between the Buffalo Bills and the Denver Broncos. This game will be played at 4.30 on Saturday afternoon. Buffalo favorite minus six and a half. Give me the Buffalo Bills to win this game, 28-17. The Carolina Panthers going up against the Green Bay Packers. This will be the nightcap of the football games on Saturday. Green Bay favorite minus nine. Give me Green Bay to win the game, 35-21. Houston. Houston. At Indianapolis, these two teams playing their second game within three weeks of each other. Last time these two teams played, Houston lost in a heartbreaker with uh, Deshaun Watson fumbling the football at the goal line. Indianapolis, favorite minus seven, coming off of their win against the Raiders on Sunday. Give me Indianapolis to win the game, 28-21, favorite minus seven. Detroit at Tennessee, Tennessee, favorite minus seven and a half. Tennessee ran rampant over Jacksonville last week. Detroit coming off of their tough loss against the uh, Green Bay Packers last week. Give me Tennessee to win the game, 35-17. Tampa Bay favorite minus six, winning, uh, beating. The Vikings got ahead of their chinny-chin-chin chin last week. Going up against the Atlanta Falcons. Give me the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win the game. Favorite minus six, 27-21. New England goes on the road to play Miami. These two teams played each other week one. New England came out on top. New England licking their wounds after losing to the Rams 10 days ago uh, on the road. Going up against Miami, licking their wounds after losing to uh, Kansas City in a hard-fought football game uh, last Sunday. Give me the Miami Dolphins to win 24-10, Favorite minus two and a half. Seattle favorite minus five and a half going up against Washington. Seattle last time out stomped all over the Jets at home. Washington running a four game win streak after taking care of business against the 49ers last week. Give me Seattle to win the game 24 to 14. Chicago Bears at the Minnesota Vikings. Where was the Bears offense all season long? Absolutely destroyed the Texans on Sunday. Mr. Trubisky actually played better than Deshaun Watson. And uh, and uh, Patrick Mahomes statistically, if you can believe that, last week Minnesota favorite minus three. Hopefully Dan Billy Dan Billy doesn't shank nine million field goals like he did against the Bucks. Give me Minnesota to win 26-23. They are favorite minus three points. Jacksonville at Baltimore. Jacksonville this season was lost, got destroyed by the Titans last week. Baltimore, an impressive and a thrilling. Last second victory on Monday night. Baltimore fear minus 13 and a half. Give me the Ravens to win the game 35-17. The Jets. Oh, the Jets. Still winless, and I think they'll remain winless heading into Chris heading into the Christmas holiday. Got destroyed by the Seahawks aforementioned going up against the Rams, whose favorite minus 17 points. Rams took care of business against the Patriots, the Jets' division rival, 10 days ago. Give me the Rams' favorite, minus 17, 42-3. Philadelphia Eagles coming off of uh, win, snapping their four-game losing streak. Jalen Hurts makes his first career NFL road start as he heads to Arizona to take on the Cardinals. Cardinals took care of business against the Giants on Sunday. Arizona favorite, minus 6.5. You have me Arizona to win the game, 27 To 21, Kansas City is favored minus three points going up against the uh, New Orleans Saints. Kansas City coming off of their win last week in Miami. Miami made them sweat a little bit while the Saints coming off of their loss aforementioned against the uh, Eagles last week. Give me the Saints to win this game, in Drew Brees' first game back, 31-28. San Francisco favored by a field goal going up against the Dallas Cowboys. This game would have been the uh, Sunday night game this week instead of Cleveland and the Giants. But because Dallas' season is in the toilet and the uh, 49ers are injured to Helen back, this game was flexed out of Sunday night and put at 1 o'clock on CBS. San Francisco, favorite minus three. gave Give me the Dallas Cowboys to win the game. They beat my Bengals last time out. They'll win this game 24-21. San Francisco lost to Washington in their last game uh, on Sunday. Cleveland, favorite minus four, going up against the Giants. Cleveland, of course, played in that Monday Night Football Thriller earlier in the week. Giants need this game to stay in the mix as far as the NFC East is concerned. Their offense was non-existent, lost to the Cardinals last week. Give me the Browns to win this game 27-10. to And the Monday night football game the last Monday before Christmas, you know, Monday night before Christmas, you had a third of last week of two AFC North teams who have a complete Beatdown, embarrassment, and snooze fest with the Pittsburgh Steelers licking their wounds after losing a tough game on the road to the Buffalo Bills. Losers of two in a row, they'll get right back on track. Why? Because they're playing my hapless Cincinnati Bengals, who are without Joe Burrow and are coached by a bunch of hacks. Ran by an owner who's a senile old fart who should who should have sold the team years ago. Give me the Pittsburgh Steelers to win this game by the final score of thirty-five to zero. That's right, I said zero. Why? Because the Bengals' offense is inept. It is, an I sort of watch. They cannot produce points if their lives depended on it, and they are an absolute disgrace to the sport of football and deserve to be embarrassed once again by the Pittsburgh Steelers who they have no rivalry with whatsoever for the umpteenth time in as many as five years. So I hope the Bengals get embarrassed supremely and I hope the ESPN camera people put that camera on Mike Brown's smugly, old, disgusting, decrepit, senile face for as many times in in the game and embarrass him to hell and back. Had an I've I've about had enough of this team. In case you haven't noticed already, my goodness gracious, what a bunch of muppets! Anyway, that's been your show of the Amatelic and TIS podcast. It's your boy, Jai Shields, signing off. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the J. Shields. Follow the show on Instagram at It underscore podcast. And the show on Twitter at Amatelic underscore it T I S. It's your boy, Jai Shields. Have a safe weekend, everybody. Stay safe. Stay warm out there in the, east, uh, in the northeast of the United States. I will talk to you all on Wednesday. God bless you all. Take care.